0: This is a Kitty Pod Production. From Television City in Hollywood. Hey, man! Welcome to episode number 160 of the Keep It to Yourself podcast, the most above-average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. My name, of course, and as always, is Jason Bullet. The regulator, innovator, dominator, creator, a the pussy, imitator, assassinator, baby. The man, the hour, Too sweet to be sour, Jack. They call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm your frio. Gosh, what a neat guy. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Baby, baby. And I'm coming to you once again from the rolling and the sun-kissed hills of Saratoga County. Here we are in mid-July 2022. And hate to say it, but unofficially, the summer is half over. But I've had a heck of a run here so far. And I've had me a great 4th of July weekend, too. I'll tell you all about it coming up in just a few minutes. Let me get the social media out of the way here. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at keep underscore podcast. There's also the Keep It To Yourself Facebook page. As Aaron Rodgers has put his backfield in motion, I'm watching the American Century Championships here. And that's going to be a bit of a clue as to what the subject of this episode is going to be, and that is a continuation of the 10 from 40 year-long stretch project as your humble host hits the big 4-0. be my favorite annual sporting events. So if sports isn't your thing, feel free to skip this episode. That's all I'm going to say. All right, we now get to the vanity portion of this podcast here, this episode to which you're listening right now. And you're probably wondering, how did one J. Michael Bullitt celebrate his 4th of July? Well, after what happened with that abortion decision by the Supreme Court, I almost felt like not really celebrating. But the siren song was there, and I wound up celebrating despite my better judgment. There was a quiet start to the weekend. I was, uh, you know, went grocery shopping and all that. Wherever it is I went wasn't terribly busy, thank goodness. I thought we'd have some, you know, last-minute stragglers for 4th of July, grilling, cookouts, etc. We had one of our own the next day. And for the second time in three days, we celebrated my nephew's 10th birthday as a family. The previous Thursday, I arrived late to a little pizza party held at my sister's house. I had to work that day and... Unfortunately, I couldn't get the time off on short notice. So they had to wait until Uncle Jason you know, had to arrive there and dig in and chow down on Domino's Pizza, not a sponsor. Well, on this occasion here at Bullet House, we invited the other three people over, including the guest of honor... And it was like a birthday party slash July 4th cookout, albeit 48 hours early. Had hot dogs. No, we didn't have hot dogs. Nobody wanted hot dogs. It was straight burgers all the way. Hamburgers, cheeseburgers, that whole bit. Ice cream cake for the little bugger. We really enjoyed it. That, folks, was amazing. (laughs) I'm watching the guys line up for NFTs for some strange reason. I don't know what all that was about. Such as Crypto. But in any event, this is what happens when you try a multitask, folks. you got something taking your attention away from the main topic. Well, why don't you shut the TV off? What, and miss a minute of whatever it is I'm watching right now? American Century Championship, as I just mentioned. I'll tell you why I like this sporting event later on. But back to the lecture at hand. Didn't do much of anything on the Saturday. But then Sunday came. Wound up going to a friend's house in Albany. And had a little pool party. Nice little get together. Got in the pool for about 45 minutes. And then that night, you know, my dad was asking about where to go for fireworks. I should have told him, like, oh, there was some in Waterford Saturday night. We could have three nights worth of fireworks to celebrate the holiday. But nope, two nights in a row. And on this occasion, for the first time ever, we went and saw fireworks off Saratoga Lake. They used to do it the night before at what's now the Saratoga Casino Hotel money grab type of deal after the last race. But they've stopped doing that now. Oh, I'm trying to watch here. <laughs> this can't be, is that Pat McAfee on the TV here? My goodness gracious. We had two WWE personnel. I had The Miz on here. Anyway, this is the world's worst version of Mystery Science Theater 3000. I'll say it is. All right, get out of here. The peanut gallery's come alive. All right, so we watched fireworks from Saratoga Lake. We thought the main show, and like, oh, this is a bit of a disappointment. We can see the other end of the lake, a number of boats that got out there. And the next thing you know, <laughs> well, I don't think that's Pat McAfee. I'm not sure. I, I can't tell. Any hoozles. We got the fireworks going at about 9.30 or so. We had the fireworks go off, and all of a sudden... Are you right? It is Pat McAfee. Okay, I was right. Who was in there? His brother was probably on the bag. Anyway, it's. We get done with the fireworks after about 20 minutes. 9 9.30 is when it started, and it was a bit of a headache, as one could expect, trying to get back home to the rolling hills of Saratoga County, especially going on Route 9P. So there, and anyhow, we had a good time. Then Holiday Monday came, and the main thing we did for... The day was going to a baseball game. Now, we've had this team for 20 years called the Tri-City Valley Cats. They used to be in the New York Penn League. They were actually in minor league baseball. They were affiliated with those friggin' cheaters, the Houston Astros, long before they were those friggin' cheaters. Had some great runs. uh, Three times New York Penn League champions. Then minor league baseball got reorganized after the season got canceled due to COVID. And 2021, they joined up with this thing called the Frontier League. And they're now a partner league of Major League Baseball. And they joined themselves quite a league. And still getting the attendance. Me, my dad, and his companion, all three of us were there for this particular game. Our opponents were the... I say our like I have anything to do with it. Opponents on the night were the Ottawa Titans. And here we are three days removed from Canada Day. And it was a close game. I thought the bullpen was going to do a complete swan dive. But thankfully, they held on. They beat Ottawa 7-6. And it didn't take long for the fireworks to get going. It was a 6-30 game, unlike last year in North Adams, where the game started earlier. So we had a longer wait for the fireworks show to get underway. Well, unlike last year, they say, well, the Valley Cats are going to do a good job with counting down to the big moment. And they did just that. They slowly turned off the lights on the field. The outfield lights were the first to be switched off. And then home plate. The field was dark. So that way it wouldn't interfere with the show. And it was amazing. I think it was the better of the two shows that I saw over the holiday weekend. And let me tell you, I had a wonderful time. It was a nice capper on a busy 4th of July week. Oh, I forgot. Earlier in the day... We wound up going to this parade in the nearby town of Clifton Park. Uh, You know, your typical 4th of July fair. Police, firemen, EMTs, that whole bit. Various local businesses. Now, it was one interesting incident. Well, I wouldn't say incident like it was something serious. You know, a number of these fire trucks, fire departments from the surrounding area participate in these parades. They get in line. Well, I think it was about somewhere around 1 o'clock or thereabouts or... Sometime before, I don't know when, all these fire trucks, I'm like, oh, that's going to blare the sirens and, you know, flash the lights for the onlookers on the parade route. And all of a sudden, a number of these trucks have gone out of line. And they're going, like, there must be some kind of emergency or something. And it turns out there was. There was a part of an apartment complex a few miles away that actually caught fire. So they had to get called to that. And the MC of the parade said, You've just witnessed American heroism in action. We sure did. So that was a noteworthy incident. What was an otherwise good parade. I should have put sunscreen on my face because I had the sunburn on top of my forehead going back to work Tuesday. I put owl lotion on it right along and it looks like it's starting to flake off. So that thing did its job, I will tell you. So a great 4th of July weekend had by yours truly. Can't wait to see how the rest of the summer is going to unfold. And speaking of summertime, one would think sports is going on. We'll associate with that. And as part of this 10 from 40 stretch project, we're going to go to our favorite sporting events. Or my favorite, really. Browns, pal. I think we should ban what's going on with him in WWE and all that. We're going to have to retire him. But anyway, we're going to continue the year-long stretch project, 10 from 40. I'm going to break down my 10 favorite sporting events of all time, especially as I'm recording the weekend of this little golf tournament that I'm watching. So anyway, here we go. Folks, you will have to admit before we start that the music you just heard was rather appropriate for what we're going to be talking about here. In case you're wondering, that is the intro music for Jason Sports Corner. And usually that's a part of the show that if you're not a big sports fan of any stripe like I am, you usually just zip forward through the rest of the episode or that segment. Strike out that which does not apply. Now, what we're going to do here is continue on with a year-long stretch project celebrating your humble host's 40th birthday. And I'm going to give you my 10 favorite sporting events. Now, I want to clarify here from the off that these are not my favorite sporting events of all time, whether I watched on television or I was in attendance at the stadium or wherever this took place. These are my favorite sporting events that I look forward to every year on the regulars. So, without any further ado, let delay, hindrance, and overall ass hattery, we're going to get on to it right now. Number 10 is the Indianapolis 500. Now, I don't purport myself to be a big motor racing fan, but you have to admit, the Indianapolis 500, they're not lying when they call it the greatest spectacle in racing. You got the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the Brickyard even though the bricks are just confined to the finish line or thereabouts on the track. Open wheel racing, it's been a great thing in Indiana for well over a century now. And a lot of great names that you may recognize, even if you're not a fan of auto racing, like A.J. Foyt, Alencer Jr., R.I.P., Elio Castroneves, and a whole bunch of guys here. Now, the Indianapolis 500... Doesn't have anywhere the cachet that it used to way back when, but it's still one of the marquee sporting events of the year. You have to admit that. And besides, the Memorial Day weekend, that Sunday, is more often than not a big day for motor racing. Most years you've had Formula One, the Grand Prix of Monaco in the morning. Then you take a little breather, probably go to church, and then get the grill set up for the cookout. Then you got the Indy 500, then that race is run, and you go out and grill the supper. By the time you got your cookout going, the checker flag is dropped on the Coke 600 in NASCAR at Charlotte. That's a race that starts early, like late afternoon, early evening, and the finish is well past the time the sun's gone down. So they have right there, Indy 500, open wheel racing. I watch every year. I'm not the biggest motor racing fan, as I pointed out earlier, but I watch every year. I don't care who's in it. I don't care. I just want to watch it because, well, it's there in it? <laughs> it's there on the lineup. Why not? And the key to the tradition, the Memorial Day weekend, having playing taps, doing the uh, five-gun volley. It's not really 21-gun salute. Can't fit that many people above victory lane. All right, number nine, and this is kind of niche, but hey, this is what this podcast is about. And that's going to college football games, specifically Castleton football games. I follow the team religiously, and why not? I'm an alumnus of this fine institution. Castleton University, soon to be Vermont State University. And there you have it right there with that whole topic. Now, I've only gone to see the football game at... uh, well, only on the campus during homecoming. Only one time have I seen them on the road, and that was the first time they faced RPI down in Troy. The deck was stacked against us as far as attendance goes. I think we were the only people representing Castleton, cheering on the Spartans who got their you-know-what's handed to them on the night. In fact, there was an older woman sitting next to me. Says, She asked me, rather, if I was related to anybody on the team, ooh, that was that was low, let me tell you. Ooh, boy. Oh, man. I know never to go see my team on the road ever again. <laughs> so there you go right there, man. Just Now, Vermont is not a college football powerhouse state by any stretch of the imagination. You know, that's left to down south. You know, the southern United States, the Big Ten, as it is now, instead of all this Bullshit, tough expansion going out west and this, that, and the other. I mean, the day I record this, I got my issue of USA Today Sports Weekly back page article is a little commentary piece, op-ed, if you will, about college football is just going to get absolutely destroyed if they haven't already, mind ye. Now, I mean, with all this talk about USC, Southern Cal, and UCLA. You know, leaving the Big Twelve, not, not the Big Twelve, the Pac twelve and going to the um, going to the yeah, the Big Ten. Yeah. I lost my train of thought here. I don't know what it is I'm watching. I better shut it off. I'm getting distracted every turn in the road. And I don't want that guy to come back. In fact, you know, Vermont and Alaska are the only two states where the state school does not offer football. The University of Vermont had football, but they got rid of it in the mid seventies. And that leaves Castleton along with Middlebury and Norwich, the only three colleges in the entire state to offer football as part of their sporting program, or athletics if you will. So it's, it's a bit of a spectacle, not as big as you'd see with Division One AA or 1A or anything like that, but it's good to cheer on my team especially at homecoming, you have all these memories of your college days come flooding back. Okay, number eight's got to be the NBA playoffs, at least the first round. You know, it's mid-April. The weather's finally turned. Winter has gone. You know, it's springtime. A new season. you just gone through the rigors of the regular season, and now here we are. A bunch of basketball, especially on those weekends. I remember that going back to childhood when I first started watching sports on the regulars. Guys like Michael Jordan and Patrick Ewing, seemingly more stars in the NBA in the 1990s than in the heavens. And now these days you got guys like LeBron James and Russell Westbrook and James Harden and you know many others. It's always exciting, at least the first round anyway. I'll put the NHL playoffs in there too for the Stanley Cup. The first round of any playoff tournament's got to be the most exciting you know, few days, weekend, whatever. And there's one that I'm going to Mentioned later on. I got written down. You'll know it when you hear it. Number seven. I'm as big a fan of baseball as anybody. So I don't know why I ranked this as low as it did. You know, I'm going to go for baseball games. Especially the Yankees games. And I mentioned going to see the Valley Cats on the 4th of July earlier on in the episode. And uh, also the, these college teams. Especially the one in North Adams, Massachusetts I saw last year on July 4th. Gonna try and make it a uh, tradition as long as my dad is still alive on this earth. He's seventy-five years old, and Lord knows how much longer he has left it in him as far as years go. All right, let's move away from that. I don't know if you heard fireworks going off in the distance there. Some people are shooting them off, and the sun hasn't gone down yet. Recording this at close to eight o'clock, so I want to apologize if you hear fireworks in the background. Nobody's getting shot or nothing. Right there, folks. <laughs> That's what sounds to do to you. Maybe they want to shoot you for such a boring episode? All right, get out of here. Jeez. I got a one-man Statler and Waldorf here. Jeez. Okay, number seven, I put Yankees game specifically, but also I got to throw baseball in there too, be it the Yankees on television or go into the ballpark in person to see, like, the Valley Cats, you know, college league teams, you know, that whole bit. And Home Run Derby, too, gets an honorable mention here. We're nearing the all-star break of the MLB season, Major League Baseball. And the Home Run Derby, well, kind of like the Slam Dunk Contest with the NBA. Had its day, but you're wondering why it's still going. It's not anywhere as relevant as it once did. I don't know if the Home Run Derby was ever relevant. Slam Dunk Contest had a lot of cachet way back when. So I'll throw baseball in there in general. But specifically, Home Run Derby, Yankees games, and all the other teams I mentioned. Number six. Even though it's not happening this summer due to corruption on the part of FIFA, I'll throw the World Cup in there. Annual as a tie. The European Championships. I believe the European League's UEFA is like the best run and most relevant international football slash soccer organization going in the world right now. It's been that way for decades. I mean, I watched the Euros last year. They were supposed to be 2020, but goddamn coronavirus fucked up the sporting schedule something wicked. And the schedule, too. That didn't make me feel great, Earl Clark. Anyway, World Cup, great spectacle. You got the round-robin games. It's always great. You know, as a working adult, I don't really watch any of the matches, but on weekends I'll do it. In fact, I remember back the World Cup in 2014 when Brazil was the host. I participated in a blood drive in my work. got on the blood mobile. They had the game airing on the radio as I was getting the blood drawn out of me. Well, I thought that was very interesting, man. Very interesting. R.I.P. Artie Johnson. Of course, rooting for the United States when they're in the World Cup. They were in it in 2018 in Russia. You want to talk about despots. It's going to be in Qatar in 2022, but since it's hot as balls over there this time of year... They pushed everything toward Thanksgiving and also the run up to Christmas, which is just ridiculous, insane, redonkulous, redankulous, and just asinine if and you ask me. But, you know, FIFA made their bed. They're going to line it, God dang it. It's going to be odd watching World Cup when there's the NFL going on, your thing about Thanksgiving. But you know what? Hey, Detroit Lions... If you don't like watching that, you can just flip on the World Cup and there you go. <laughs> that or the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I don't know how much, how many hours the um, cotter is from where I'm at right now. But, you know, I don't really care at that point. Euros, though, is a great tournament, too. And I don't want to discredit that. I remember 2016, they had the Euros in this little rinky-dink thing called the Copa America Centenario. And I remember being sick most of that time with pneumonia. So, during the day, just a uh, Prevent prevent myself from being bored out of my skull. You know, I was recuperating. I just flipped on the soccer, and it was amazing. Had the Euros during the day, and at nighttime, Copa America Centenario, just blasting on the TV. Those were some good times. All right, number five, back to basketball here, and these are two more recent entries, not only to the sporting landscape in general, but into the summer sporting landscape. In particular. Now, back in the day it was just baseball and ESPN was just, you know, grasping at straws to fill up the schedule. I mean you can only air so much baseball way back when, but thankfully, you know, summer is pretty limited. You know, the, you know, basketball's over, hockey's over, you know, the Premier League, all the European leagues are are off till about August, so it'll be towards the end of summer the regular season gets going again. But thankfully, these two new entries have revolutionized and changed my summer viewing habits as far as sports goes. The first one is Big Three Basketball. Now, back in 2017, Ice Cube, famous rapper, and this executive decided, hey, we're going to do a three-on-three basketball league. And said, hey, let's try it out. And it's called the Big Three because, well, obviously, as I stated earlier, it's, you know, three-on-three basketball it's a lot more physical. It's a lot different rules. So it's like if you are playing out in the court back in the day. You know, you're playing with your friends. You're doing like three-on-three three or maybe two-on-two. Two. Each team will get a sub in. It's physical play. It's entertaining as heck. Including this new rule they, they started last year called bring the fire. For You want to challenge an offensive foul, you go one-on-one with somebody. And you try to sell the dispute that way. Which is very entertaining. Great way to... Add to the game right there, and this other one that I discover—I think it was some time before—that's called the basketball tournament. Now, what's the name of the tournament? The what? The basketball tournament. I almost switched voices there. I blew the. Ba- I was going to throw this into an Evan and Costello routine, but I kind of blew it there. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, this thing called the basketball tournament, and yes, that's what it's called. And these are players from mostly from. Various colleges, Division One and whatnot. Well, okay, they're all Division One, And there's some others, too, that have links to playing basketball overseas. And there's even one called Autism Army, which I'm supporting this year, given that I'm on the spectrum. And there's like, nowadays, there's like, I think, eight regional sites. They're going to play some games in Syracuse. Just a good two, three-hour drive down the road from Bullet House. I was very surprised to see that. And there's, like, a number of these players, they're all involved in these teams, and they used to play in that college for, you know, four years or however long it was, and they're all alumni of a particular school. So it's very interesting. There's this thing called the Elam ending, which I'm going to try and look up here. This is Seed to Your Pants podcast recording, if ever there was any. And this has to do with the basketball tournament. Now, there's four time cores in a basketball game. This is according to the Wikipedia article. And they do this in the NBA All-Star game, too. And it's a recent addition. 2017 was when it started. And a gentleman by the name of Nick Elam, who devised this little system, according to the article, says, quote, because he was frustrated with stalling in passive play by a leading team and intentionally fouling by a losing team. Elon proposed that his solution, which turns off the game clock, addresses these issues. And they make the game more exciting. I don't know how the math goes, but uh, the team that's in the lead would end the game by scoring that many points. You know, you hit like, say, 84 points, game's over. Right there. Shut off the sh- Shut off the shot clock, shut off the game clock, let the boys play. And they got the bracket celebrations, too, which the NCAA has adopted. More on them in just a bit. So the basketball tournament, I wish I watched that a bit more often. By the way, back to the soccer, I got the women's Euros going on now. So now it's good a replacement for the World Cup, but okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Number four. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of golf either, like I am with auto racing. So I say I put golf majors, but I do want to admit that the day I record this, I watched the second round of the American Century Championships. You know, I'll watch that. Because there's a bunch of celebrities, former athletes. Justin Timberlake is there, for heaven's sake. It's playing this golf course on Lake Tahoe. And you get to the 17th hole. That's where the party really is. You, I've watched it on television, on NBC. You see all the boats out on the lake. People on the beach. There's a DJ playing, you know, blasting out tunes. Tossing around football, shooting basketballs. Oh, man, it's quite a party atmosphere. I'll take that over this saudi back live tour, whatever the bullshit those guys are peddling, any day of the week and twice on Sunday. And no disrespect to the PGA Tour either, especially with the major like the Masters. I'll watch that. I'll watch the British Open or the Open. That's going to be next weekend. Uh, I'll watch the U.S. Open, the PGA Championship, Ryder Cup. I'll be parked in front of the TV for those. So I'll put golf majors, even though I'll put Ryder Cup in there, too. All right, number three. I mentioned the American Century Championships earlier. That should have been a tie right there. So I covered four and three in one shot. I have to admit something. I did not really give this too much thought. All right, we're wrapping up the list here. Number two. I mentioned it earlier, kind of. And that's college basketball NCAA March Madness. Ah, the first weekend, the first two days. I don't count the first four. Sorry, I'm a purist. But you got to admit, those are four of the greatest days of college basketball anybody will ever see. The entire year, there's upsets aplenty. I watch the selection Sunday. I fill up my brackets, enter to win prizes and all that. Maybe win me a little cash. Ching 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 ching. By the way, I think uh, not this year, but the year before I won one of these Tony Kornheiser show bracket challenges. Still haven't got my prizes. I think I just got bracket rights. I picked Baylor to win or Baylor to take it down. And I finished in first place. Top of the heap. Like, hey, send me my prizes. I'll, if you ask my contact info, I'll give it to you. Through private channels, that is. But March Madness, upsets Plenty, drama, excitement. You can't beat that. And number one. For my favorite annual sporting events, it's about time we mentioned football again. This time it's the Super Bowl. Need I say more? Okay, to recap number 10, the Indianapolis 500. Number 9, Castleton, soon to be Vermont State football. NBA playoffs at number 8. Baseball, number 7, specifically Yankees games and home run derby and Valley Cats and college ball. Number 6, the World Cup slash the Euros. Number five, the basketball tournament in the Big Three. Number four, majors in golf. Number three, the American Century Championships. Number two, NCAA March Madness. And number one, the Super Bowl. So there you have it. That's another part of this year-long stretch project in the books. All right, folks, hope you enjoyed that, even though the subject matter wasn't necessarily to your liking. Let's get to the pod shout outs to end the episode. First up, GFA Live. Peter Winston and Keith Langston did an episode of WWF Superstars that aired on May 30th of 1992. This is where Nails, not to be confused with Lenny Dykstra, more on him later, put a big ol' whoopin' on the big boss man, RIP. You can follow the show and the host of same, or at least one of them, at GF Allentown. and check out Peter Winston's YouTube page, too or channel or whatever. There was also the Break It Down show. Pete A. Turner had two great guests on. First up, one of the Warriors, Phil Green, with the ALS Project. And back to sports ever so briefly, Nick Davis, with this documentary called Once Upon a Time in Queens about the 1986 Mets. And, you know, Lenny Dykstra, Nails, Doc Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, Wally Backman, Ray Knight, etc., etc., that I mean I I say I plead ignorance, Your Honor, because I've heard about it so much, but I have not seen one single solitary minute of it. I think I have it saved on YouTube TVs DVR. I really don't know. There's also this thing I believe it's on ESPN Plus. This documentary about the, you know, the Detroit Red Wings and the Colorado Avalanche in the NHL that big robbery in the late '90s or mid to late '90s when the Red Wings were winning those Stanley Cups. But I'm off subject here. You can follow the Break It Down Show at Break It Down Show and the host of Same Pete A. Turner at Pete A. Turner. Why not? And finally, the Loyal Littles podcast. Chuck and Roxy interviewed Greg Sharamata and John Edwards. No, not that John Edwards. And also getting some details ready. Getting ready for Summer of Littles season number four or the fourth edition of Same. You can follow the podcast at Loyal Littles Pod on Twitter, Instagram, it's the Loyal Littles Podcast. As for this little dog and pony show, you can listen on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts. Well, listen, subscribe, rate, review, do all that stuff. Thanks in advance for the latter two. And on that note, we're going to stumble right to the end of episode 160 of the Keep It To Yourself Podcast. I thank you as ever for listening. I really appreciate the support. Hope you guys are having a great summer so far. I love you guys. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And I'll talk to you on the next one. So as always, above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. Honest wins. Ditto for Castleton. At least for another year anyway. Love you guys. Bye-bye now. Hey, Clayman! Wake up! It's your Lord. Oh, yeah! Kick it! This is the song written for the train chase. This is the chase. Rocky and Ken, he tried to kill me with a fork. This has been a Kitty Pod production. Produced in Saratoga County, New York shared with the world,